Right. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 9 of the Sport of Blood podcast. And today I'm delighted to have a man that uh, brought Galway to great success in 2017. It's Mayol Dunhu. Welcome on, Mayol. Thanks, Mark, and thanks for having me. No problem. Um, we'll start off the way I start off most interviews. Just by asking, was sport a big thing in your house growing up? Yeah, it was a huge part of our lives growing up. Jeez, uh, as long as I can remember, we were involved in, in hurling and different soccer. Uh, but predominantly GEA uh, came from a very strong GEA family, particularly with dad and with the bus company that he had we had a huge association with driving the Galway teams and he was heavily involved in GA teams and um, I'm a twin with Liam and myself and Liam went to Cleaning National School and we're very fortunate that Michael Brown who was principal there was a big GA man a big hurling man and uh, he was hugely instrumental in in our development and we were just really lucky at that period in time that you know, a good group of us came together, you know, a lot of lads my own age and, you know, ultimately we went on and had really good success. But I suppose the ironic thing was Michael Brown, who was principal, came with us right through that journey and, and got involved with some of our club teams at juvenile and senior level. So we, he was a great help with the likes of Stephen Cohn and Monty Kern. So, yeah, we were always steeped in it, Mark, huge GEA tradition and, uh, Sport was a huge part of our childhood and, and growing up. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you broke into the minor panel in 1992. Uh, 1991, I make myself older. <laughs> yeah, so I was on the squad in 91 and uh, played in 92. We won the, my, we beat Watford in the final and uh, and I progressed to the uh, under 21s the following year, following year in 1993. And we were very fortunate uh, to win the All-Ireland that year as well. And back then, the the senior inter-county, the league was towards the end of the year. And then uh, maybe the second half of it uh, in the new year, early, early spring. And uh, I got called into the senior squad then in 93, was in there for a few years. Um, I'm just, I, I just took out, took down all your achievements in my notes, yeah. and you seem to have uh, a load of achievements, like between managers and being a manager and playing. Like you have two Connacht champs, championships, uh, one club All Ireland, two Galway championships, two Leinsters. Two under twenty ones, two national leagues, one minor, and one under twenty one. Yeah, it's a nice, nice one. And there's a railway cup in there somewhere as well. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I would. I was just really lucky, Mark. I uh, obviously I love playing, and I got a back injury when I in 1991 actually got got hurt my back, and back then didn't really know the extent of it, but. I had really good uh, doctors and Ian O'Connor and Michael McGloin and they nursed me through it for a while and ultimately I had to have surgery and 
I ended up having a, a disectomy on my back. So I was only 19 when I got the first one. So I was really young to have that. And um, so once I had that up, I had to take basically a year out. And then when I came back again, I hurt it in 1998, the second time. So it definitely curtailed my inter-county career. And um, at that time, you know, SNC and the lights wasn't what it was like today. And everyone was sort of tarnished with the same brush, you know, where today it's very much more on an individual basis and looking to see how lads are, uh, particularly on the, the physical side. And uh, by the time I... By the time 98, 99 came, I just wasn't getting enough recovery time, you know, and listening to my body and trying to obey your body. And I just couldn't keep it going. So I had to give it up. And uh, I was really fortunate. I said going club for a few years. And as you mentioned, we won the county final in 2001 for the first time in Cambridge. So that was huge for us. And we got beaten in the club final in that and said going for a few more years, but then hurt it again, hurt the back again and uh, had to have another, got a really bad doing that time on it. So uh, was advised to retire. I had no real choice but to retire, but I was really lucky then Vincent Mullins, who's a really good friend of mine and I was working with him at the time. He got involved in the uh, Railway Cup Interprovincial and he asked me would I get involved and I was just really after finishing playing and I suppose with the heartbreak of that and like I was only in my uh, 27, 28 and he gave me just the opportunity straight away, you know, so it was a good substitute instead of playing to get involved in management and Vincent then took the Galway under 21s in uh, 05 and he asked me to go in and that and it sort of just, just catapulted from there, Mark. It wasn't like I would have taken some maybe of the underage teams in Clarenbridge even when I was playing senior, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't really top of the agenda. I'd never really saying, you know, I want, I knew maybe down the road, but things really happened quickly enough for me, which which was great. And it was a great substitution um, getting involved with teams when, when I couldn't play anymore. And um, obviously you had to think differently between being a manager and a player like but yeah. did it take you like a while to adjust from thinking as a player and then thinking as a manager like um i wouldn't think so i think uh maybe when i was playing i was one of these that was you know very structured orientated and and in terms of the way we li- lined up and i would have been playing in a pivotal position in the club anyway, it's centre-back or in the half-back line with Galway and uh, at, at different levels. And, you know, playing there requires, you know, you to be very vocal and, you know, not wanting to get caught. So I was probably, that was probably ingrained in me. And so it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't take much to get the transformation. But, you know, look, when I started, you know, I, I'm no different to anything, anybody differently or, anybody in any walk of life like was all learning experiences for me like with the under 21s and and I've said this many a time by the time I left the under 21 I knew the importance of having a really good setup a really good management team and if you had a really good management team how that would reflect in team preparation so 
after the four years with the under 21s, I came back and took Claren Bridge. So that was a big challenge because I ended up um, managing lads that I played with, managing my really, really good friends. Lee, my twin brother, was there. So it was a big challenge because of the friendship that was there. And uh, when you get involved like that, you have to probably understand and realize that there's going to be days where it's going to be your way or the highway for those. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't that you're ru ruling with an iron fist, but it was just trying to um, implement everything that I'd learned to date on that. And and then going forward, Mark, it was just about amassing as much experience as I could at that stage. You know, when we won in Clarenbridge, we won the club, All-Ireland. At that stage, definitely Galway was on the radar and, you know, it was something that I really, really wanted. And I put my name forward after winning the club all Ireland and I didn't get it. And where I was obviously and naturally disappointed that I didn't get it, you know, shortly after it, I knew I probably had to get more experience. And then Eamon O'Shea afforded me the opportunity to go down to Tipperary for two years, which was, which was brilliant. And just going back to Clarenbridge, what was it like to bring your home club to uh, club, Ireland, club all Ireland? Uh, look, it was brilliant. I, I, you know, you're asked a thousand times, what's the, you know, what was it like winning a club All Ireland versus a county All Ireland, and you know, both very, very special and both unique in their own right. Uh, the club is obviously really special because it's with family, it's with your friends, it's for the whole community, and just what it does for the community. You know, in two thousand and two thousand and eleven country was in recession I remember the the following day after the game the IMF moved in but you know anything could have happened in Cambridge for that week and no one would have passed down any remarks you know just the euphoria and the joy you brought and it's just the you know just the excitement and what it did for for the village and you know lads getting the opportunity to go to Thurless and to go to Grow Park and Galway clubs at the time were so successful in the in the All Ireland series, so it was great to put Clarenbridge's name on that list as well. And um, as you got more experience in the managing side of things, would you have had like a set way or like a an idea of a way that you wanted to play? Yeah, look, it's like any. Hurling is my first love, so going to games, you'd have always, you know, when when I was going to Galway games, I was a supporter number one. But you know, when I when I'd been involved in management at that stage, you're going, God, if I was there, I I might try this or I might try him there. And um, so as saying to you earlier, it's it's just maybe having your philosophy and and what way you want to play and set up structurally and. And but equally important, Mark, I think it's it's uh, a huge ingredient uh, for any success is the management teams and, and the people that you work with. And you have to have people that I, I believed when I was with both in Clarenbridge and Galway um, that I had the best in the field at the time. And, you know, there's huge trust, huge friendship. And when you're working with high quality people. And everyone wants the same thing and everyone is aligned with the same goals. Uh, you always have a good chance then at that stage. And um, what was it like uh, to get the job in 2015 then? Uh, it, it was brilliant. Uh, I went down 
I had got massive experience in Tipperary and just seeing how another top top county, you know, how they perform and how they prepare. And, you know, it was just a great stepping stone for me. And, um, you know, I was up against some really strong candidates as well. But uh, at that stage, it was something that I really deeply wanted and uh, was over the moon to get it. You know, it was in difficult circumstances uh the way we got it and you know it was in late just a few days before christmas and you know the lads were going on holidays uh because they were in the the all-ireland final and we weren't getting them really on the pitch till the end of end of january so our prep time to the walsh cup and the league was limited but um you know they the lads were brilliant right from day one the players they were unbelievable group to work with and very receptive and look it was just a brilliant honor for me I was absolutely delighted for my own family for Clarenbridge it was it was just a great honor and um you know with a brilliant brilliant stint in there and then obviously in 2017 uh, uh brought a lot of joy to I'd say the majority of Galway yeah um that that day for me, it was absolutely class. But for you, it just must have been like a, a whirlwind of emotions. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when we... Winning the league was a massive step for us and gave the team huge confidence. And uh, like I, I can never, or the management would never stress enough. You know, we, we knew we were dealing with a highly experienced group, a group that were seriously motivated. And, you know, we just came in, put our own stamp on it and put, brought a few different things to the table. And just as the year went on, as a group collectively, we grew, but particularly the lads on the pitch and in terms of them taking ownership and gaining confidence. So winning the league was massive. Uh, you know, we uh, one of the goals was to win Leinster because once you win Leinster, it's the shortest route to the All Ireland. You know, when you had uh, time to prepare for the semi final, and you know, we just got on a roll, Mark. You know, where you know it's like anything life when just things start falling into place, and and especially internally in the group, you can feel that, and you're growing together, and you're 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 just moving forward as one. And you know, when we won the semi final. You know, the preparations went really well for us. And uh, it's just funny, on the, you know, when you're involved in a team and you're working so closely with them, there's days you get the indicator, indicators to say, yeah, they're totally on it. And for me, you know, in the build-up, you know, we'd covered everything. Oh, we, knew, we knew we had the work done and, and it was just all about performance. And, you know, I thought we prepared particularly the last week went really well for us and you know the morning of the game our routine would have been we would have met in Bandeslow and the reason for being in Bandeslow it was just the shortest distance from Galway uh, for the lads getting on the bus and then uh, so we'd always meet in Bandeslow and then we went to Carton House for our pre-match meal and and so on, and then a guard escort picks you up from there. But once we went to Carton, once you get on the bus, Mark, you know, the game heads are on, you know what I mean? And, you know, where it's such a big occasion, but once the group is 
together, you know, all the nerves go away. And because a lot of the group had been in the final in 12 and 15, you know, they had a lot of experience and, you know, we, we learned a lot from them as well. And, but just as I said, yeah, when we're in Carton house, sometimes you just know it's, everything is done and they're really in a good place. And, you know, they put in an unbelievable performance and like the scenes, you know, when, when you won us, like it was just such relief to have won us, you know, we all wanted to, to end the famine and just the euphoria of it. And, you know, you get to celebrate the night was mental with the, with the crowd out there. It was absolutely insane. And, you know, as soon as the match is over and you're back in the hotel, your, your, your thoughts turn to Monday and going home and what's it going to be like. And like, none of us could ever have envisaged what the homecoming was like. Like once you hit, I'd say most, there was people out and ultimately coming back to Gaulish or it was something you dream of and it was brilliant to have experienced it. Yeah, um, and then obviously coming back to Bridge must have been yeah. uh, a whirlwind of emotions for you again, like uh, just uh, spending them with your family and yeah, just yeah, it was great. Like it was, yeah, when we came back on on the Monday and uh, Tuesday evening, we came to Clarenbridge, so it was. Yeah, it was just really special, obviously, coming coming, coming home with it and experiencing it with all your family and friends. And, uh, yeah, sure, look, that's what, that, ultimately, that's what it's all about. And uh, it was just brilliant to, to share it with so many. And, you know, look, the, what that team done and what they've done for Galway Hurling is massive. And it was great that, you know, the younger generation of Galway have now, you know, modern-day heroes and people they can aspire to to be and replicate and uh, you know that that's what was brilliant that's what was brilliant about it but more importantly for me was for the players like the efforts they had put in for the last you know five six years before that you know they were knocking on the door more than most you know they they picked up an awful lot of flack when they lost games but you know the resilience they showed the determination to come back you know was unbelievable and and for me they got their just reward in 17 um, and i'd add i i'd add mark you know you know they they're an unbelievable bunch highly talented highly motivated and and you know i wouldn't be i'd be as proud and as happy as any man to see them win another one which i believe is, is well in their locker and um just as a manager like what would your head have been like on a game day on a game day, it's it's like Anthony Mark. You you have to prepare. You have to pre- prepare yourself for it. But you know, I I was really fortunate to work with an exceptional management team, and you know, lads that we had our routine before the games, and it was to make sure we'd every base covered as much as we could. And you know, on the day, it's to trust each other. You know, you have you go through different scenarios in your own head and what might happen in the game collectively, we'd, we'd always do that due diligence. So try of every situation covered. And look, my demeanor on the sideline was always, you know, I'm just someone that was just tried, not that I wanted to stay or look calm, but that's just my persona. Do you know what I mean? It was just once the game was on, you were just so engrossed in the game. And, 
just trying to take in as much as you can from the sidelines. So, um, you know, that was it. And um, how did you, obviously, you work a bit now with RT, um, how did you transition from being a manager and then getting the opportunity to be working on RT? Yeah, just it, it came about. I was approached and asked, would I be interested in it? Uh, and uh, look, it was a brilliant opportunity and, and it gives... Uh, it gives a totally different uh, perspective on it, you know, when when you're at a live game, the amount of work that goes into it, and equally the Sunday game, you know, it's it's uh, it gives you a full appreciation for the amount of work that all the pundits and uh, everyone involved uh, that they do on, on a game day. It's absolutely incredible, the work that goes into it. So it's just a totally different perspective. Uh, I'm enjoying it. I, I enjoy the radio. There's, you know, there's great vantage points for for watching the games, you know, in the different stadia. And uh, last year with uh, with the pandemic and no crowds, like it was a privilege to be able to go to the games and you know even to be at the All Ireland last year with no crowd, just to have been there and experience even that side of it was was brilliant. Yeah, I know. Um, I know that's my goal anyway. Is, yeah, is to be where you are, uh, watching the games, uh, analyzing them and stuff like that. Yeah. So hopefully I get there in time to come. Um, yeah, look, you're doing brilliant work on this, and and it's just about uh putting yourself out there, like and look, you're the the uh what you're doing and the bravery and the honesty and having the the desire and the. The gumption to do is look you 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 deserve all <laughs> you deserve all the credits for uh putting up your own podcast and stuff together so um no fair play to you just keep keep going and keep following your dreams mark that's all i'll say to you thank you um and i'm gonna put you in the spot here now yeah. um <laughs> be nice uh, now <laughs> yeah i i forgot to tell you now on the phone call that we had um that i changed to Sometimes throw in um, a, a question that could get you in trouble. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so I mightn't answer it if it gets me in trouble. <laughs> you, you, yes, you have the option to not answer. Um, I'm slagging you. You can answer it. Um, you cannot. You cannot give me a straight answer if you want. Um, okay. So <laughs> I, my question is. Who is the most determined player in the Galway team in your time? Who is the most determined player? It's a very good question. Uh, it's when you're in when you're in a team dynamic. It, it's uh, it's like very hard, maybe just to just say one particular player. Uh, yeah, you'd have, you'd have, you'd have your. T- so when you have your team, you have your leaders, like in any sport, or you have your uh, perceived, you know, ranking. You know, uh, say someone of the status of Joe Canning or Davy Burke or Parik Mannion, Connor Whelan. You know, but what what they bring collectively to a training session. Uh, I'll answer it this way for you. Uh, 
the way when, when you're looking at a team and you're looking at the best players and you're wondering how they get there uh, a lot of the Galway boys train the way they play and that's the biggest compliment I can pay 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 to them and if they're not there Mark if they're out injured or if they're not available and when they come back the impact that they have on the squad in terms of the level of intensity the the standard at training just goes through the roof and uh, what you aspire to as a manager is to get everyone to have that level to to train as hard as the, as well as they play and if you get to that you train how you play and if you if you get to that you're you're in a good uh, position so look the likes of Davy Burke Joe Canning Parik Mannion Connor Whelan look I could go through the whole 15 but you know you want your big players and you know who the big players are you want them to lead by example and uh, whilst uh, any of my over my time, them boys always led by example. Was I'm, that okay? Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was grand. Um, I was going to try and get you more trouble, but uh, I, well, I I can uh, I can I can give you a uh, sidestep if I need to go on. I was just going to ask who was your favorite player. Who was my favorite player? Uh, I used to say to the players, Mark, uh, you know, when you're dealing with 36 players or 37 players, you you always want them on the same page and on the same level. And when you're involved with that many players, because they're so driven and they're all ambitious, they they want the same thing. They want to be be playing. So, you know, you know, they're not all going to love you at the same time. (laughs) And once we all know that and there's that mutual respect there, you know, uh, I'm not going to say one player because when you're in that environment, uh, you need everyone on the same path. You need everyone. Number one is or number 36 or whatever it is, is as important as number one. And that's the way it has to be if you're going to be successful. So I'd say every one of them, Mark. I'll tell you one thing. You're very good at sidestepping questions. Um, <laughs> Right, I'm going to be nice to you now. I'm going to yeah. give you. I'm going to give you two easy questions, and then we'll finish it up. So, uh, question one is, what would be your best piece of advice to like a young horror that has a dream playing county? I think you're in a county that is. Uh, you're very lucky to come from Galway. Uh, both codes, I'd say for both codes, we're probably the strongest county uh, in Ireland for uh, having the dual opportunity. And it's just, th- there's no secret or there's no magic wand, Mark. It's about work rate. It's about your attitude. It's about, you know, having that desire and, you know, just working as hard as you can to to get to get to that but it's just living in the now and you know focusing on now and not looking too far ahead do you know what I mean sometimes I think young fellas start having a huge desire and looking too far ahead where you know he's just concentrate on 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 what's ahead of you and being the best person 
you can be being the best version of yourself that you can be and whatever your goal or whatever your ambition or dreams are you know once you stay working hard toward them and and uh, you have a brilliant opportunity a brilliant chance of achieving them thank you um good answer um and the next question is um i know you have a lot of knowledge of Ireland, uh, so it probably made getting the analyst job a bit easier, but um, as I said earlier, I want to be in your position. Uh, so what, I know you probably won't be able to give much advice on this topic, but what advice would you give to me and like other people that want to be an analyst or something like that? Yeah, I'll say this to you as well, and you can apply it to life or you can apply it to hurling or sport or, or, or anything. You know, when you want something in life, be it in sport or work, right, and, and you obviously want to stay in the media or presenting and, and uh, punditry, um, you know, a lot of people, Mark, would say, yeah, I'd like to do that. You know, I'd, I'd love to see what that's like and I'd love to put, they never really put up their hand to do it, you know, and that's something that, uh, you know, when you look for a big job, he's um, the manager of Galway or in your case, trying to do this, not, not everyone puts up their hand mark to do it because when you, when you do something like that and you're in the public eye or the public forum, you know, you're there to be knocked. But once you have the courage to put up your hand and say, yeah, I want to do that you will get the opportunity because a lot of people talk about it and there's a big difference between talking about it and, and putting it into action. So because you already have mentioned a few times that you want to do it, it's obviously something that you're hugely passionate about and just chase it, just keep chasing it and knock on as many doors and use as many people as you can to get the introductions, myself included, no problem. And that's what I'd say to you, because you're brave enough and courageous enough to put up the hand and say, yeah, I want to do that and put yourself out there. Uh, I'd have the utmost respect for you for having that mindset. So uh, because it's your ambition, stay chasing it, Mark, you'll get there. Thank you. And I'll tell you one thing. I was scared as hell starting this. Yeah. Just because, as you said, when you get out in the public eye, you're there yeah. to be knocked and yeah. just myself like I yeah. I was just scared as hell but like yeah it's going fairly well like you're yeah. ev like everyone that I've got on has just been so sound for yeah. even acknowledging me and coming on in the first place and then yeah just being sound in general when we're talking like um yeah but that's all I say to you just just keep working Keep putting the hand up and keep uh, knocking on the doors. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, it's there. I didn't want to keep it too long. So, right, no problem. I'll finish up here. And I just want to say thank you very much. And uh, I'll leave the last word to you if you want. Yeah, look, obviously delighted to uh, have been asked. Uh, probably... Uh, one of the most comfortable ones I've been on. So uh, thanks very much for that, Mark. And uh, all the best for you in the future. And um, yeah, sure. Look, you have my number now. So if there's anything I can do for you, give us a shout.
thank you very much. And hopefully you'll see me on the TV in a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, please God. And I'll take up your position. No matter work away. I I probably <laughs> I probably won't be able to do as good a job as you, but I'll try uh, my best. You'll be all right. No, you're doing all right now. Yeah, you're doing all right. You'll put us all to shame yet. Nice. Good luck. You you can go there and I'll go back on the pitch. That'll be the deal. <laughs> um, okay. Um uh I'd be happy enough for that to happen. Yeah. Uh so Thank you very much once again. No other. Thanks, Mark. And we'll leave it there. Okay. Sound out. Good man. Good luck. Good luck. Take care. See ya. First of all, I just want to say a big thank you to Michal Dunu for taking time out of his busy schedule to come on and talk to me. And second of all, I want to kind of apologize for uh, the start. It's a bit unprofessional I couldn't get the bit of dialogue before we started out um, and I do ramble on a bit at the end so I apologise for that but I hope you like it. Mm-hmm.